If, like the song says, the revolution will not be televised, what exactly are we watching? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Before we get to the news of the week, I want to tell you this is the time of the year, the best time of the year, because it is the WSB Carathon on Monday and Tuesday. And that is the uh, fundraiser, the really generous, successful charity drive that contributes 100% of what it raises to the Aflac Cancer Center at Children's Healthcare. It's 100% tax deductible, and I myself love it because as a libertarian, I love to see volunteerism, charity in action. So it's an awesome time. That's why I take the tough job of, uh, of doing the staying up all night. This The Carathon starts Monday morning and ends Tuesday evening. And I will be up all night. It's actually a fun job because uh, it's Dave Baker. It's his slot, 1 to 4.30 a.m. It's I always write it down as Tuesday. It is Tuesday morning, but it feels like Monday night to me. And Krista DiBias from the Clark Howard Show will be there. And it's always really fun and funny to kind of let see everybody with their hair down in the middle of the night. So tune in that night. But you can donate starting right now at WSBRadio.com. So that this is a great, very uplifting way to change what is a very dour mood it feels like everywhere i mean this is all over the country and what uh, what i started what i uh, started the show with is this song the title of a song but is an expression before that called the revolution will not be televised and and the song is from like 1970 and it's it's a, it's talks about how the, they're not going to bring you the revolution on the TV. You're not going to be able to participate in the revolution from your couch. And it's it's kind of a uh, aggressive, a little bit, call to action, the song, but the expression predates the song, and it's always resonated with me. I've always kind of puzzled over it. You're not really 100% sure what it meant. But then I realized kind of recently what it really did mean, and or what at least it means to me, which is they're not going to pipe the revolution into you on on the the 24-hour cable news. They control that. <laughs> they they are part of the hierarchy. You've got this this the mainstream media, the national media is I think it's very clear it's a propaganda arm of the government, of the power lead, of the official narrative, and they control it. So they are not going to pump into your living room on that glowing box stuff that's against their interests, stuff that's going to topple the hierarchy that works for them, that benefits them. And the perfect example of that, although in light of what's going on right now, it it almost seems like a minor thing, but it really wasn't, the Ron Paul revolution the Ron Paul revolution was not televised. It was marginalized. You didn't see it. The, the energy behind that, you knew about it because you knew your friends, you knew rallies and stuff like that, but it wasn't 
piped into your living room every minute of every day because it was not going to serve the purposes of the power elite. So what what are we seeing piped into our living rooms? What is it? What is the purpose of that that benefits the people who control that mechanism? And I've given it some thought and triggered by a couple of tweets and posts that I got on Facebook and Twitter. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm also, lines are open, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, my feeling is, you know, I've really, I agree things are coming to a head. I agree there's a, an escalation of tension and anxiety and uh, activism and all that we are seeing, it, it's not all fake. It's people are getting off the couch and they are marching and they are protesting and they are angry. But, but it's instead of being uh, avoided or calmed down or discouraged by our leaders, I, I heard somebody recently call them misleaders, our misleaders, that, and, and the media and stuff, it's, it's hyped, it's pumped up, it's brought, it's a self, you know, it's like a vicious circle. So what is that about? And, and I've, because it's coming from so many different directions, and I never would have thought, I was actually mad at myself for reading this article in the Wall Street Journal this week because it was a really long article and it was had nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about. It was an article called uh, The Great Unraveling, a Wall Street Journal series examining the economic roots of America's populist discontent. That's quite a mouthful, but it's the first in a series that the journal is doing about why people are so angry. Why is Trump so popular, basically? And the, the, I was flabbergasted by this extremely long article talking about how the central bankers and the economic planners got it completely wrong, that uh, they just totally screwed up managing the economy, managing the money. And the article, this is from the journal, which is supposed to be a kind of free market-leaning thing. That's how it bills itself. The article, every, every conclusion, everything was leading you to, wow, we didn't realize how complicated the economy was and how mad and angry and emotional people will get if they don't uh, if they get left behind by this too fast moving economy, so we better start controlling it better and more. We better bring in the technocrats, the people, the experts in the fields. We need we need to clamp down on this uh, free system. Was really the message I was getting from it, and I was really frustrated because it didn't talk at all about all the government action that was at fault from the controlling the money supply to inflating the money supply, fractional reserve banking, eliminating any kind of gold standard or any standard at all, screwing up the labor market, uh, using the Department of the Defense and other research uh, grants and stuff to promote technology that displaces workers that the private sector would never have had a motivation to develop. Like all this stuff, it didn't talk about it at all. And that's the kind of thing Ron Paul talked about all the time, that we needed less government, not more. So I'm thinking, man, these guys are hell-bent on a totally controlled economy. Then, at the same time, 
you have the Orlando shooting a couple of weeks ago, and then this Dallas sniper attack in uh, this week. And I look and I think the terrorist stuff is being used to justify total surveillance. They don't want due process. They want watch lists. They don't want you to have encryption, which is a purely defensive thing to have. Why why can't we have that? And then uh, the sniper thing, Black Lives Matter, are coming together to kind of, the effect is going to be to demand a police state. (laughs) So I'm looking at control from all these different directions. That's what I think this is coming to a head, that Obama's last year is being used to try to take maybe a great leap forward, you know, uh, as a, what he called uh, the fundamental transformation of of this country. I believe it was a quote like that, but that was really uh, a, a quote from his mentor, Zbigniew Brzezinski, who is an, uh, a founder of the Trilateral Commission, Carter's National Security advisor who predicted in the 70s, early 70s, in his book, America in the Technotronic Era, that we would have a transformation of American society to a highly controlled society. That we would take that, that that it would be to the point where uh, government could retrieve all your most personal data with a single keystroke. That kind of thing. And and it's a big mistake, I think, to think of this as Obama or Democrats. That's not it. The Republicans are not going to save us from this. This is the power elite. This is who they all work for. And it's been a, a plan that's been going on for decades. And, and mostly incrementalism gets you there. Mostly it's this mechanism of... Uh, little baby steps that take decades, but every once in a while they can take a big step. And it, and it kind of clicked for me when I read the first communication I got uh, after the Dallas uh, event was from Dean, a tweet that said, uh, Monica, remember your show about Victoria Newland inciting war in Ukraine? Dallas reminds me of that. And I hadn't gotten all the details on Dallas even when I had gotten this tweet from Dean, but what but the Ukraine situation was where there were protests in the Maidan, the square, and it they became violent and launched a civil war that is going on to this day. What happened, uh, according to a leaked phone call, so it, and it has been authenticated, the EU foreign affairs minister, Catherine Ashton, was talking to the Estonian foreign minister, and he said to her, the investigation revealed that protesters and police in the square were shot by the same snipers. So they had the same bullets, the same direction, that somebody obviously wanted to spark violence, spark the civil war. Same stories came out of Syria. The civil war was sparked by violence at protest. Now, I'm not saying that Dallas thing had people both. There was a a woman, a protester, injured, but I don't think that's what was going on, that people were being shot at both sides of the aisle. But what I'm saying is this kind of an event can be used to, to make a dramatic change, to be used in, in a way like a war, you know, uh, or to, to, spark a warlike situation that can jumpstart a major transformation of society. So when I read, I love 
science fiction, and I'll, I'll read dystopian science fiction sometimes, or the future's bad, and George Orwell's 1984. So often, those stories are take place during a huge like worldwide war or in the aftermath of a huge war. Wars can be a catalyst, and I feel like we're being uh, agitated on purpose to promote a kind of fundamental transformation of society that I think obviously nobody wants that or they wouldn't have to be deceitful about their goals. But there's a great book called Crisis and Leviathan by Robert Higgs, who says that crisis makes Leviathan big government bigger and it never goes back. And I I really think that's what we're facing right now. I, I put a lot in there. Let's spend the rest of the show uh, talking about what that all means, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, and of course, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 89 outside the studio, hot and humid, only a three on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate, heating and air. Talking about the bigger picture, the events of the week in a way that I don't think you're hearing anywhere else. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Howard. Howard, you are on with Monica. Monica, how you doing? Good. How are you? You know, 30 years ago, I kept hearing about all of this world order conspiracy stuff. And, you know, and, and the years that I've witnessed this, you know, George Soros and his group, they're always uh, stirring up stuff, whatever things they fund with Hillary and them. But, you know, they, they can kind of manipulate situations because wasn't it 100 years ago that Archbishop was assassinated and started World War One? And Archduke. Archduke. And, you know, this guy, ex-military, put out a military for sexual harassment of a female soldier, new Black Panther, uh, that, that I think is a terrorist group we need to pay close attention to. And I do think that a lot of those people have infiltrated the government and they really kind of in a way want to have some kind of a episode or a lot of many episodes to go on. See, I think it's the opposite. I think the, okay. that those groups are infiltrated or fronts of the, the higher powers. I think it's the opposite of what you're saying, that this is serving a purpose that benefits the hierarchy, even though these people don't realize it. It could be, and they could be, you know, I, I think a lot of these people are really just ignorant tools, but look at the Bilderberg thing. I always thought that was kind of silly. Uh, you got Petraeus there, and you got, uh, what the heck was Lindsey Graham doing there? You know, and these people kind of like follow that big one world order, don't And they? get this, hold on a second, Howard. In 2014, Kasim Reed uh, was at the Bilderberg meeting, and then in 2015, the UN launched the Strong Cities Network, which right. is meant to combat violent extremism in cities. I was like, what is that for? Of course, now it's all arriving as if on cue, but oh, very few American cities were in that. The Strong Cities Network, Atlanta, is a, is often a first mover in this stuff. I think right. Denver, Minneapolis, right. uh, there's just a few. And I read once that Atlanta was on the steering committee, the International Steering Committee for the Strong Cities Network. Then I could never find the reference again, but I did find an article that the names of those cities were scrubbed from the website. So they obviously don't want us to know 
how globalism is taking root at the local level, I think because they know they can just, if a crisis comes, you want to nationalize the police force or even internationalize the police force, they already have their apparatuses in the cities to make sure things go according to plan. Well, I don't doubt that at all. And, you know, for years I've been seeing Homeland Security Tahoes riding around neighborhoods, especially in South Atlanta, and I'm, I've always wanted, like, what what the heck is home? And then Homeland Security is involved in these drug raids in, in Gwinnett County. It's like, do we really need all these people? But that kind of ties into how you're saying that. Yeah, I think that that's, I do think, and I've thought from the beginning, that the Black Lives Matter movement was being used to get more surveillance, uh, so cop cameras, stuff like that. But more important, it is to, to get, the locals to not have control over their own police force, to have model laws to kind of make the control, you know, not necessarily report to Washington, D.C., but certainly reflect the their the way they want things done. And the problem with that is now they look to D.C. and they see friendly faces. But once you lose control like that and let it go up to the feds, they're not going to be on your side forever. I mean, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing, I just learned this. Melissa Harris Perry, our favorite communist teacher at Wake Forest, says Black Lives Matter was started by a gay group out of Brooklyn, and that thing seems to have been hijacked, too. Well, I I did read uh, that... There were some, you know, I could not track this down. I could not get verification, but George Soros, I guess, puts a lot of money into open society movements, other things like that, that uh, encourage kind of grassroots protests, all that sort of thing. And he is credited for being behind it. I could not verify that, but it doesn't surprise me. I've read that he contributed to a lot to the... uh, legalizing pot movement so when i see that when i see him behind stuff i don't i never think of these what they call oligarchs as being altruistic you know i start saying hey man (laughs) what you're not spending your money on something that isn't good for you what's going on here i got lots of calls if you can't get through to me try 800 wsb talk i'm going to retweets after this at monica perez show and uh we're going to continue to cover from a different point of view the events of the week News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are talking about the events of the week in a different context. So I, I have a different take on what's happening and what it means, but I want to remind you that the WSB Carathon is starting. It's Monday morning, starts with Scott Slade, and it ends Tuesday evening. And it, it is a blockbuster charity fundraiser. The WSB conducts every year. 100% of the money goes to the Aflac Cancer Center at Children's Healthcare. It's 100% tax deductible. And I am going to be up all night with Dave Baker and Krista DiBiase, 1 to 4.30 a.m. Tuesday morning. But I have to think of it as Monday night because last year I put on my calendar wrong and I was late. So I uh, think of it as Monday night, but it's Tuesday morning, 1 to 4.30. We're going to have some fun. 
But you can donate to the Carathon starting now at WSBRadio.com. And I like this because it's uplifting. It's something we can do. I feel more and more powerless of what's happening, totally out of our control. We were just talking before the break about my opinion, and I'm not alone in this, thinking that uh, a lot of different things are at, at play right now in the country, but that the Black Lives Matter movement in particular is being manipulated, exploited, or designed to make policing, to transform policing in this country and not in a way that we have more local control. It's going to be in a way that it has a federal feeling to it, a national feeling. There's this Strong Cities Network, which uh, was launched by the UN in September to, quote, uh, combat violent extremism in cities and I remember thinking what what does that mean you know they said well, we'll use best practices and uh, we can use international uh, policing techniques and all this kind of stuff in your city if you have to deal with the violent extremism and then all of a sudden what do we have violent extremism in the cities here and I feel like that's part of however However, these things are spun or influenced or whatever, I do not know. But I know they are used to forward agendas. And the agenda is to get the power to move to the top, to move away from you. And that is something I worry about. I'm thinking more and more about how to take action locally, but I want to talk about what what you think is is the importance of what's going on right now. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Oh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Michael in Norcross. Hi, Michael. You're on with Monica. Monica, as a devout Catholic that I am and that I believe you are, I am just really sad to see because it's not just Black Lives Matter. It's everybody's lives matter. We have got we've got police officers that are shooting people with handcuffs on, that that are in custody. We've got people taking the law into their own hands, and no one is following the teachings of Christ. Christ gave us two of the greatest commandments that each of us have to follow. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. No one is loving our neighbor the way we are supposed to. Michael, I will tell you, I uh, I know you listen to my show. I don't usually mix religion and politics, but I will tell you this, that I have noticed, and it really is profound, and it's in keeping with what you're saying. I notice how much divisiveness there is in the world, how if I, I've listened to Fox News so many times, and they tell us how we have to be the policemen of the world, Basically, because everybody else is a bunch of animals, there is all this uh, uh, racial and immigrant, all this kind of stuff where people are categorizing each other as in the group or out of the group. And I remember thinking, and, and that's how they're defining, and that's a collectivist thing, which as a libertarian, I'm an individualist. I never think in terms of groups, and I don't even think in terms of what religion you're in or whatever, but... I but when I think of what was really profound about Christ's message, and I think that religions totally corrupted as well as 
states, everybody in power is corrupting the messages for their own purpose. But the the I think the crucial thing was was that to to extend love and and just to respect other people as human beings because they are human beings who deserve love and respect equally. And and that, I think, is lost. I'll give you a last word, Michael, but my lines are full, so I'm going to keep moving. Go. Monica, I, I believe, I, I understand what you're saying, but when I go to Mass, I receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am responsible for taking His teachings out into the world. And that is what I do. And I wish... I can't go to every single person in the world, but I really wish Christ would get a hold of these people and shake them and say, what are you doing? These are my children. And it just, it just really sends me, and all, the only thing that I can think to do about it is pray and pray as many rosaries as I can a day to where this world will change. Well, I think, Michael, that it is correct that charity, love, whether it comes from uh, secular humanism, which is the godless religion of the modern world, or Jesus, the idea of loving and respecting each other is probably is exactly what's lacking here. And I feel like that kind of a feeling is the essence of the power that politics and even religions have that they any any kind of in-group out-group association that gets its power from being in opposition with another group like the black lives matter blue lives matter that that actually brings me to this idea of the dialectic where you take two opposing forces that creates this crisis and then uh the the result of the crisis moves the ball further towards where the in this case i think the powers that be want it to be it's it's kind of a dialectic they call it thank you for the call michael i'm going to don don you're on with monica i love your show uh yeah we we teach by example i think you know uh i'm on my neighbor's grass you know we're, we're all different races on my neighborhood but i'm on my neighbor's grass number one because i like falling grass number two because you know they don't have anybody to do it any way to do it so i do it for them and i like it but that's not that's not why I called. Uh, what I've not heard in all the stuff I've heard over the past few days, we talk about transforming how we police. But to change the minds of the police, we have to work on the amount of crime. I mean, I, I couldn't see being a police. I mean, the the concentrated criminality in some of the places that they go, and, and when you pull over somebody for a broken taillight, they say, I have a gun and I have a permit. I have a permit. When you hear I have a gun, your your first thing is, okay, keep your hands where I can see them and don't move. It's not show me your permit. It, it, it's because the police are in such an anxiety state. Yes, I, I think that why the way this stuff is being promoted. First of all, there I think there is a definite change in how police are trained, and I think it does increase the incidence of these things happening. For example, in May, uh, Ryan Johnson, and in June, David Powell, both were killed on the same road, Swan Lake Road, in Henry County, 
by officers responding to 911 calls. And in the first case, the guy had uh, shot off a gun. One of his family members called the police, but then people were shut out and they ended up tasing him twice and shooting him 20 times. But the other guy, it was a wrong address call. And he came out and uh, his wife said they didn't identify themselves. He said to them, I'm calling 911, but they saw the gun and they started shooting. I think this is a, this, obviously this didn't happen, you know, rogue, go- rogue cops aren't everywhere. There is a fundamental change in how they're being trained and that might be escalating the tension. But what I really think is happening when we bring it down to this, uh, uh, us against them, where. I think historically, certainly in my experience, and half my family in New York are cops, and as like I say, the other half are uh, like motorcycle driving hoodlums, but we really have a dichotomy in our family. But what, what, when you, they would never, they are constitutionalists. They would never go against us in a civil unrest situation if we were right. They would, uh, they, they, I don't think my family belongs, but there's a thing called the Oath Keepers, where law enforcement, military, uh, they are swear that they will uphold the Constitution even, even against the government. But if, and I knew that was going to be a problem, I wondered how how the all-powerful government, the totalitarian police state was going to handle that. And I think this is exactly how they're doing it. And I've actually been saying that for a long time by increasing the tension between the people and the police. They make the police not not feel like they're on our side. And that is a, it, that's like a constitutional crisis. Thank you for the call, Don. I'm going to Charles in Atlanta. Hi, Charles. You're on with Monica. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had seen, actually, I've got a couple of things I wanted to talk about. First of all, it's the uh, videos, uh, documentaries, or documentary, uh, by Curtis Bauer called the Agenda Series. The first one is Agenda Grinding America Down, and the second one is Agenda Masters of Deceit. And um, it's about the communist socialist movement and how they've, you know, planned to take our nation down for a couple of generations now, and it seems like they're really on the move. And uh, that that really gives perspective of what's going on. I'll look into that, Charles. I will make one comment. I have stopped. My father always put it in terms of communism and socialism and that kind of thing. But I think that what we're really dealing with is a an ideological power elite that transcends that, that it's not socialism or communism. It's, it's actually closer to fascism, but w- all it really is is the power and the money concentrated at the top as well as, you know, as the control. So uh, you got another minute, go. Okay. Um, and the next thing is I was watching the news and it showed that there are one million um, visas uh, green cards, I mean, sitting here waiting at Homeland Security for all these refugees. They've already got a million of them approved. And I think purposely that, uh, according to what Glenn Beck said on an interview with Fox News, is, uh, that we were gun running from uh, Libya through our embassy up there to uh, Syria. Oh, that's hilarious because the first place anyone's ever heard that was on my show in May 2013, right after it happened. If I got that date right, I not right a few months after it happened was I just read like some inside CIA people speculating that that's what was going on. And I totally think it is what was going on. And furthermore, I think that Chris Stevens might have known too much. And that's why he had to die. But 
for me, the refugee crisis it was created by blowing up places like Libya, by ex- having this war in Syria, and then it's used against us. So make sure, don't think about the policies that can change these things. Think about the policies we can just eliminate, save the money, save the bloodshed, save the immorality, and solve the problem. That is what we need to focus on. Uh, lots more calls after this, 800-WSB-TALK or at Monica Perez Show. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. So while we're watching what's happening in Dallas and around this country, Obama's in NATO in Poland talking about putting troops over there right up against Russia. And I was talking earlier about how Zbigniew Brzezinski, a big one world guy, new world order guy, however you want to call it. He ex- he had two really important things to say. I, in my opinion, his two most important things were this move towards a highly controlled society where the government had all of our information, controlled everything. And he also said that this the power elite was working towards the gradual convergence of East and West. Here at home, I feel conflict is accelerating this process of a highly controlled society. And abroad, I feel like conflict is going to accelerate the convergence of East and West. So you're not really, we don't look to foreign affairs as much as we should, but I think that they're equally, if not more important. But let's see what you have to say. 800-WSB-TALK is uh, the best number to call, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Matthew in Flowery Branch. Hi, Matthew. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Thanks for bringing me on. Um, I had a, a real quick uh, comment. Um, it's, uh, it's based in history. Uh, back in the late 1800s, uh, Germany with Prussia was a loose confederation of city-states and uh, the North German Confederation. And Otto von Bismarck wanted to unite Germany as one solidified country. And all the city-states were saying, well, we want you know, our freedom, we want our autonomy, and so on. And uh, so what he did to achieve it is he started these little mini wars with all these countries around the city-states of Germany. And he got the people afraid, afraid for their security. And uh, it's almost like in one fell swoop, he unifies Germany under, uh, in, you know, 1871, I think, he unified Germany under uh, the one government. And I mean to say that uh, in connection to what you're saying, to point out that when you can make a man afraid, he will surrender all of the liberties that people have fought for years and years to attain. Um, and I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. You know, I, I don't automatically go to a nefarious uh, assumption. But I have to say, and what's going on now, you know, uh, starting with uh, the Patriot Act, uh, moving on down into where we're at now, every time the government solidifies power and centralizes it, and every time we lose rights, it's when everybody is afraid. And when they're afraid, they just hand over the keys. You're Uh, so right. And uh, uh, it's this crisis thing. But Matthew, I never heard that. I guess I've read samplings of German history, and I know a little bit about Bismarck. I did not realize that that, I didn't connect the dots on that. But Mm -hmm. what's interesting to me about that is you're talking about him manipulating the people for uh, in physical fear. And I have no, but what I know about Bismarck is that when 
the Industrial Revolution came and people were actually prospering and gaining some independence, they were losing their loyalty, their interest, their dedication to the Kaiser. So he said, let's tax them highly and give them unemployment insurance, social security insurance, all that kind of stuff, so that they will love you in their dependence. So what he did, what you're telling me by saying he exploited their physical fear, and I've always known he exploited people's fiscal fear. It's it's fascinating to me because that those are the two fear level levers that work in this country, maybe in the whole world, that the left is driven by fiscal fear, like fear of not having uh, monetary security. That's why they want a safety net. And the right is worried about physical fear, about it's almost like that's why I'm just talking psychologically. I'm not telling you why you vote the way you do, but I'm just saying there is a psychology to that kind of manipulation based on fear. And of course, leave it to Bismarck to have figured the whole thing out <laughs> in a really sick and comprehensive way. But that's very interesting to me, Matthew. Thank you so much for the call. Coming up next, I want to get to John in Dawsonville. He said uh, he thinks people are, or that he's been seeing UN vehicles in the U.S. I want to hear more about that. And your calls, 800-WSB-TALK is the best number to call me. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I am also uh, going to, uh, I'll take calls on whatever you want. We can go uh, a little bit about email gate if you want. You tell me. But, uh, John, hang on. You're up next. This is Monica Perez. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.